Welcome to Title Chicks. I'm Alba. And I'm Andrea. And we are the, the Title Cheekies. As a disclaimer, the information that we are providing is strictly for information and educational purposes only. Learn throughout our daily experience in the title insurance industry. We are not attorneys, accountants, nor financial advisors. So grab a pen and pad and let's go. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Title Chicks a title insurance and true crime podcast. I'm your host, Alba, and remember to leave us a comment and click that subscribe button. Not only does this help us pay the bills, but it also helps us grow. Remember to make sure you leave your Instagram handle so we can give you a shout out on our next episode. Today, I would like to give a huge shout out to at GZE Notary Services for your comments and support. We greatly appreciate you. We want to thank you so much for stopping and taking the time to show us support. Before we start today's topic, I want to share a very interesting news story that I came across with y'all, which I'm actually surprised that this is not being talked about more. So there's a lawsuit that was filed back in 2019 against the NAR, which the NAR is the National Association of Realtors. The name of this case, it's Sitzer versus the NAR. There is another case out there pending, but that one does not concern me as much as this one does. And the reason I say that is because there was a recently a ruling that was made by the judge on this case that allowed this case to be a class action lawsuit, which is very, very bad news for the NAR. Nine new plaintiffs have actually joined this lawsuit which is a huge threat to our realtor commission and livelihood. So let's say that these plaintiffs were to win this case against the NAR. It may mean that the sellers will no longer have to pay buyer's agent commission or even worst case scenario, buyer agents will be a thing of the past, which is very sad. We have millions of buyer agents in the U.S. So definitely a big concern to all of our realtors. It also concerns the title companies. And the reason I say that is because here in Central Florida, we actually receive our title orders from our listing agents. But I know that in South Florida and other parts of Florida, title orders comes from the buyer's agents. So another huge concern. Hearings on this case are set to begin in February of this year. And I will be following this case and I'll update you guys as information comes available. Let me know your thoughts. What do you guys think? Do you guys think the sisters will win this case? I'm going to be linking some information on this lawsuit that I found on YouTube. And I'll be putting that information in our Instagram page at Title Chicks. So if you guys are interested in learning more, you guys can hop on there and take a look. So today we are going to talk about something that unfortunately no one likes to talk about. Closing table manners. If you are in the real estate industry, you will definitely want to stop and listen to this episode. So what exactly do I mean when I say closing table manners? I'm going to go over a couple of examples of bad closing table manners so that you guys can have an idea of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to start with this example. I had a buyer's agent hand me an envelope at closing and ask me to give it to the seller. This is a huge no-no. 
monies cannot be exchanged at the closing table. All credits must be approved by the buyer's lender and must, must be listed on the closing statement. Here's another example. I had an agent ask me not to send a repair addendum to the lender because it was going to complicate the buyer's financing. Again, a huge no-no. For those of you who are not aware, settlement agents are required to send all addendums to the contract. The moment that you guys send us an addendum, we immediately turn around and email that addendum to the buyer's lender as well as all parties so they can review and approve. So here is another example. At closing, it came up that a buyer owed the seller money for repairs that were made to the property without the lender's knowledge. Again, cannot be done. Any monies that are being exchanged or any credits have to be reviewed and approved by the lender in form of an addendum prior to closing. So another example is at the closing of a primary home, one of the buyers mentioned they were going to rent the property in five months after closing. This one is a huge no-no. Anytime that you're financing a loan as a primary home, at the time of that closing, you must have the intent of living in the property for at least 12 months. Now, let's say that something happens, force majeure, something that you cannot control. Somebody, you know, you lose a job, somebody passes away, that's fine. But you must have the intent to live in that property at the time of closing. And we don't want anyone of you guys going to prison. For those listeners who are not aware, mortgage fraud is actually investigated by the FBI. These types of loans have benefits, whether it's a lower down payment, a lower interest rate. So they take this very serious. And I can tell you firsthand that I've seen some lenders from time to time will actually go out to the properties and inspect to make sure that the buyers or borrowers are in fact living in that property. So definitely this is something that you do not want to do. Uh, here's another example. At a closing where the buyer was financing, the buyer mentioned that on that same day of closing, they went to rooms to go to purchase furnishings for the entire home. This one is a huge no-no, never do this. At the time of closing, the lender is going to have all buyers sign an addendum where the buyers need to disclose all of their undisclosed debt. This debt will then be added to the DTI, which is the buyer's debt to income, which will then lead to the buyer not being able to qualify for that loan. Not only that, once settlement agents are made aware of undisclosed debt, we have to stop the closing, inform the lender, get some feedback from that lender. If that lender gives us the okay to move forward with the closing, then we'll move forward. But if they say no, then the latter will happen. The closing will not happen at all, or it'll be delayed. So here is another example. At closing, I had a buyer's agent call the listing agent regarding an escrow agreement they were disputing. Again, you cannot do this. This was being done without the lender's knowledge as there was no escrow held back on the closing disclosure. All escrow agreements must be reviewed and approved by the lender prior to closing. 
So here is another one. At a short sale closing, I had an agent tell the buyer to give her the check for the seller so the seller can move out of the property the week after. This is not allowed on a short sale closing at all. At closing on short sales, the lenders sometimes will give the sellers incentives to move out of the property. And they also are required to sign an affidavit stating that there's no money being paid outside of closing and that the seller will move out of that property the same day of closing. So definitely don't do this. Here is another example. At closing, the seller mentioned that the buyer had to give them money at closing for some furniture they were leaving behind. The buyer's lender had already approved a seller paid credit on this file, but not any buyer credits to the seller. So again, all credits must be approved by the lender. And not only that, when we receive a, a contract or even addendum stating that there's going to be a 3% contribution, the lender may not allow that entire 3%. There's guidelines to the loan and the buyers have to bring a certain amount of money at closing. So just because it's 3% doesn't mean that they're going to get the whole amount. So all of these closing scenarios I just spoke about, unfortunately, either did not happen at all or were delayed. You see, best practice requires settlement agents to stop a closing if we're made aware of any monies being exchanged outside of closing or if we're made aware of any of the scenarios that I just mentioned. Settlement agents have to make sure that everyone is complying with the law and failure to do so will result in hefty fines as well as the title agent possibly losing their license. There are flexibilities to the best practice guidelines, but we would have to make that determination on a case-by-case -case scenario once this happens. Let's talk about what happens if a settlement agent closes a file and the lender later finds out about it. Lenders are regulated by the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and are required to audit their third-party settlement agents which means that if they discover in an audit that that settlement agent failed to follow best practice guidelines, that lender can actually blacklist the settlement agent, which means that that agent will no longer be able to close files for that lender. So if there's a buyer that comes in the future that's going to be using this lender, unfortunately, that settlement agent will lose the business because they will have to transfer the file to another approved settlement agent. Another thing that comes up a lot in closing is we have agents um, request us to pay them at closing directly, and that's fine. We love paying our agents at closing. We'll wire your money, give your check, but we cannot pay you directly if we don't have what's called a pay at closing letter or a DA letter. This letter will come from your broker, and that's what will authorize the settlement agent to pay you directly at closing, but we cannot pay you if we don't have this letter. Um, another thing is if you guys are giving the seller or the buyer a commission credit, this has to be in form of an addendum. The lender has to approve it, and your broker also has to approve that, and that just needs to be done prior to closing. I really hope that this episode was helpful and is information that will help you in the future.
The end goal for all of us is the same, and that's to get everybody to the closing table. So let me help you get there. If you guys have a case that you're stuck with or that you don't feel if you feel something iffy about and you don't know what to do, you guys can actually leave me a comment or send me a DM and I'll try to help you out my best. Like the late Sir Francis Bacon said, knowledge is power. And I truly believe that the more you know, the better. And remember... If you have any additional questions, or if you're looking for a friendly and knowledgeable closing agent for your next purchase or sale, we would love to hear from you. Leave us a comment below. Email us at titlechicksfl at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at titlechicks. Until next time, bye. bye.